Welcome to the Habesha Finance Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial independence and overcome your money problems. I'm Matt, bringing you the education and tools to help you get your life back, build wealth, and make a difference. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 17. Three rules of investing that I live by. Investing can be difficult and complicated when it's really not. For anyone just starting, I definitely understand that there can be a lot to be intimidated by. What do I invest in? Where do I invest? Is it safe to invest in stocks? What about bonds? These are questions I've had to ask and research the answers to for myself. And I'm sure you have thought about these same questions, maybe more. And so in this episode, my plan is to introduce to you the three rules of investing that I live by. These are personal rules that I choose to follow, and I think you can benefit from them as well. All right, let's get started. Rule number one, I do not invest in single stocks. Have you ever heard the phrase, don't put all your eggs in one basket? That's essentially what you do when you invest in single stocks. Your money is better served at Vegas. At least you get a free drink while you're losing your money to the house. Single stocks are simply not a good way to invest for any beginner or anyone for that matter who wants to build wealth. I invest my money in mutual funds, and more specifically, low-cost index funds. I wrote an article about index funds that I'll link into the show notes, but my investment portfolio is mainly built around index funds. For now, just know that you can invest in many businesses through one fund. This keeps your portfolio diverse and more stable than owning single stocks. I also do not invest in currency, including cryptocurrency. The thousands of companies that I invest in through that one fund operate on capital and currency. So personally, I feel there's no need to invest in a Bitcoin or a Euro or even a Yen. That's not going to benefit me for the long term. And I don't know if it's going to benefit you either. If you're interested in supporting this one company because you believe in them, you know, that's okay. You can go ahead and do that. I think maybe having 1% of your portfolio invested in these other assets like stocks or currency is reasonable. But if you're going to make 20 to 30 to 40% of your investment portfolio in single stocks or currency, that's proven not to help build wealth in a way that index funds do, then I don't know how successful you're going to be building wealth. That's a question and something you're going to have to research on your own and discuss with a financial professional. I know what has worked for decades through my research and through what the data shows. Index funds help build long-term wealth. Single stocks do not. Currency does not. That's why there's only one Warren Buffett in the world. Rule number two, know my risk tolerance for where I am. 
When you study the stock market, you quickly find out that long-term investing has always yielded positive results. One of the most important decisions you can make when investing is how much of your portfolio will be allocated to stocks, bonds, and other asset classes. Stocks obviously are more volatile, meaning they go up and down like a roller coaster that people below a certain height aren't allowed to ride. The general advice is the younger you are, the more weighted to stocks your portfolio should be. As you age, the more you can add bonds and other less volatile asset classes as you will likely want to keep your investment portfolio as stable as possible. This is because the older you get, the less up and down you want your retirement portfolio to be. You want it to be as stable as possible because you're no longer in your accumulation stage. And then as you get to retirement and you start to withdraw money, then you're in your decumulation stage. So in your accumulation stage, you have to know what risk tolerance you can handle. How high can the roller coaster go for you? How low would you be willing to go? For me, my risk tolerance is having 100% stocks right now. I am okay with the volatility this early during my accumulation years. In the future, I honestly do not see myself having a portfolio with stocks taking up less than 60 to 80%. Who knows? Maybe when I'm 70 or 80, I'll be more inclined to be 50-50 between stocks and bonds. I'll let you all know then at that time. For now, my 100% stock portfolio in my 401k is broken down to 75% U.S. stocks and 25% international stocks. And so currently, I'm invested in the total stock market fund and the international market fund, 75% in U.S. and 25% in the international. And this is just a matter of preference. You have to decide what your preference is. You have to, you have to figure out what type of tolerance you're able to handle and if you think you're not as ready to handle some of the ups and downs, then you can do a 50-50 stocks and bonds or a 60-40, an 80-20. But through the research, through the data, through the many, many analysts that I've listened to, being more weighted towards stocks where 80 or 90% of your portfolio is in a stock mutual fund will benefit you tremendously in the long term. Even mutual funds and index funds go up and down, but the benefit is because it's so diverse, like the total stock market fund, because you have the 3,000 plus holdings, the, all the different companies in that one fund, guess what? It's less volatile than having a single stock. And so being 100% in stocks right now is okay for me because companies will do well, companies won't do well. And the companies that don't do well, guess what? They drop off that index and get replaced by companies that do end up doing well or more shares are bought into those companies who are surviving the downs of the economy. And so there is no guarantee in life. There is no guarantee when it comes to stocks and mutual funds and bonds and investing. But your index fund, your total stock market fund, your small cap weighted fund, your large cap, large value, all these other funds out there that exist, that are totally diverse, that have so many different companies in them, 
are a better opportunity to invest and save your money in than having a single stock. So that goes back to rule number one. But I want you all to understand that rule number two and rule number one, all these rules are very similar. All these rules tie in together. And so for rule number two, just know how much risk you can handle and create your investment portfolio around that risk. Because if you're going to be 100% stocks, you have to be prepared for the market to lose 50%. That's what I've accepted. That's what I'm prepared for, at least mentally, at least I think I'm prepared. If you're not prepared for that, well, lower how much you're invested in stocks from 100% to maybe 80% or 75%. And then as you build trust, as you learn more and grow, then you can add a little more. You can increase the percentage of your stock portfolio to what you're comfortable with. And then finally, rule number three, never panic, stay the course. I've already said this before. There are very little guarantees in life. Death and taxes are pretty much the only two things that you can bet will happen. No one can guarantee the stock market will never go down. And no one can predict exactly how high the stock market will rise. Still, people try and get paid a lot of money to try. I would be hesitant to listen to the financial media and so-called experts who tell you about what hot stock you need to get right now. And I would be hesitant to listen to them when they tell you to sell everything you own because the market is crashing, the world is going to end, yada, yada, yada. Look at what happened in 2008 and 2009. I was such an ignorant investor back then because when I started investing, I was just throwing money into one of the target date funds at my job. And this target date fund, it was similarly set up the way some other mutual funds are, some other index funds are. So you've got a little bit of everything. So many people who were invested in the stock market at that time took their money out or got out when it was right around the lowest point, March, April 2009. Today, they regret so much of that. What we need to understand is that investing, saving, it's not this game that we play. Get in, get out, timing the market, trying to beat whatever stocks are out there. You're going to have to be able to tune a lot of the noise out. Not all of the people you see and hear in regards to investing should be tuned out. I personally read and study the advice of top financial gurus like John C. Bogle, J.L. Collins, Larry Swedrow, Paul Merriman, and oh yeah, that guy I mentioned earlier, Warren Buffett. I'll never have as much money as these guys, which I'm perfectly fine with, but I've learned from them to never panic no matter what the market is doing. Keep buying when it's low, and the same when it's high. There's a term for that, and it's called dollar cost averaging. And I'll go over that in a future episode. However, these guys understand the importance of staying the course and never trying to time the market. And even if they do believe that they have done the most extensive research and studying that can be done, 
for many of us, for the rest of us, it's a fool's errand to try to predict when the market's up and predict when the market's down. Go look at the S&P 500 since the 1920s up till now. There are times when it's been high. There are times when it's been low. But the overall direction, the S&P 500 index has been going, is up. And so that should tell you what kind of investment you should be making, who you should be listening to, the advice and the knowledge of those who you should heed, like Paul Merriman and John C. Bogle. These are guys that I think you will definitely benefit from, even if you just spend like 30 minutes to an hour just researching and reading a little bit about what they say. Just research their quotes online. You will find so many great words of wisdom, so many gold nuggets from them that you will real that you will ask yourself, wow, how come I haven't been investing in this way? Well, I'm pretty sure there are more rules to investing you can read about on the internet. These are simply three rules, basic rules that I choose to live by and for the most part has been very successful for me. One piece of advice that I'd like to give you is for you to do your research. Understand as much as you can and start your investing as early as possible. In the last episode, I talked about compound interest. And remember, it's a powerful force that is heavily time-dependent and can help you so much on your path to financial independence. And as we get ready to close this episode, I'll also mention that there are books and materials out there that you can go get for yourself. Some of them free, some of them you have to pay for. Uh, Like if you go to paulmerriman.com, which will be in the show notes, he has so many great resources, so many great free resources at that uh, to help you understand investing, help you understand what to do when it comes to saving and investing. And John C. Bogle has a really great book that I actually have that that I'll always refer to. It's called The Little Book of Common Sense Investing. I'll also link to that book in the show notes. And what you'll find out is all of these guys who don't get as much publicity as you know the people that you see on the TV. In the financial world, these guys are very, very popular. But you know they're not the ones that are on TV saying, buy this stock or buy that stock. No. These are the guys that I pretty much only listen to. And I hope you can introduce them and their academics into your life. So to recap, the three rules of investing that I live by. Rule number one, I do not invest in single stocks. Rule number two, know my risk tolerance for where I am. And rule number three, never panic, stay the course. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you all have a great and purposeful week.